Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. All right, so um, we're talking about God's love language. How many of you read the book by Gary, um, Gary Chapman, God's Love Language? You know, so somebody sent me a message, oh, I love this. So does, you know, there are five basic love languages he spoke about. One of them was um, acts of service. That means somehow you love to serve the people you love. There is words of affirmation. You use tender, nice words to affirm them. Thirdly, it's um, gifts. Who wouldn't love gifts? In fact, my, I'm afraid that in Nigeria here, if you, the, gifts is first a universal love language. After gifts, you cannot choose another one for us to do. So there's gifts, there is, um, which other one? I think I've called the quality time. Huh? Physical touch, acts of service. That acts of service must be contextualized. <laughs> right, but just the interesting part of um, love languages, quite frankly, I think that they are not exhaustive. There's a sense that there are more things in love or there are more languages in love than we have named. But he did a lot of research, and I think we can live with some of the lessons there. Some people actually even connect with it. Now, the interesting things here is that if you love acts of service, your default love language, uh, your default giving will be acts of service. Um, if you love quality time, you'll be demanding that the person will spend time with you. Now, the trouble starts when somebody with quality time gets engaged with somebody with acts of um, gifts. Because that one will show up late with gifts. You understand? Um, so quality time people is not just about spending time, it's about not using your phone when you're spending time. So you shouldn't be on the phone because you're compromising the quality of the time. Because you're now fragmented. But when it comes to God, God is not necessarily a man. So when we talk about God's love, love language, it takes on a whole new meaning because it's not like you can physically touch God. Can you? Has anybody physically touched God? Well, you know Nigerians. When we enter here, you go wrong. So, but there was, I think Shegu, I don't know if Shegu's around. Shegu told us a story of one day in service, he was praying and he just whispered. That was the first time he said, he ever said a thing like, God, please touch me. I want to get a hug from you. Like, God, I want to be hugged by you. And just about the same time, someone came from nowhere and hugged him. And the person said, in service, and the person said, I was led to hug you. So one, somebody was asking, you know, I want to be hugged. You know, hugging is something Nigerians are not very, very, especially male Nigerian men. You know, so you don't pray for a hug like that. You know, <laughs> but not like you don't need it. In fact, we were even told that, that there's, a love, there's a hug deficit. The Nigerian men are suffering from hog deficit. Like 50 hogs you should have carried growing up, they were not given. So now you pretend you don't need it. So guys, the guys have to be hogged for no reason. Let's just, let's, let's fill up the account. All right, but before we begin this morning to talk, I just want to pull something out. The first thing I'll ask a question is, what is your, people ask a question, what is your pet peeve? You know what the pet peeve is? What is that thing that annoys you about people you do life with? Hugo, what's that one thing that you can't take it or worries you whenever you do life with somebody or you find unsettling? When you're in love, you don't have any pet peeves. Pet peeves is not a union language, right? But anybody willing to share a pet peeve? Adobe, okay, Ore. Disrespect. So guys, like I said, it's going to be interactive today. We're going to see ourselves on this board by the time we're done. All of us. Without exception. So, all right, the first one is disrespect. Now, all right, Adino, any shape or form is getting, is getting loaded. Okay, so disrespect. Anybody else? Huh? Sarcasm. That one, all of us, we enter, but, so, but, well, I don't know that sarcasm is a problem. Let's look for the negative of sarcasm. So, the negative. What's the negative? Lily, Lily, be English. Condescending might be it. We're getting close. So maybe this one is negative. Let's just put it negative bar. Yes, that. So, 
So condescending, yeah, it's here. But the person, to the person's mind, they think they are being funny. Yeah. Understand? So maybe let's just put it here. You're being condescending, but you said you're being funny. Disrespect. What's their problem here? They're positive. I speak truth. No, people that, yeah, they might think they're honest. So I, I think, but honest and blunt, which one? Bluntness. Okay, I think, well, honestly, I think there's a difference though. Yeah, because blunt is not always honest. Sometimes if someone is blunt with the assumption, they are just assuming, but they are blunt about their assumption. You understand? Just blunt. So I think blunt would. No. Guys, yeah, the table is the table is confusing us. Because if positive, yeah, I'll go with positive. I'll go with honest. Okay, let's turn the dial a little because we don't do this often. What is that thing about you that you think you don't like? Anybody here? Let's just, let's just turn the mirror a little inward. Is there anybody here that deals with insecurity? So, can we add that? Alright, so, well, the challenge is that if you are dating somebody that is dealing with insecurity, um, No, no, let's leave the pet peeve. Let's expand. Now we've turned the searchlight into this is no longer a pet peeve. This is now my struggle or something about myself that I feel I could deal with or I'm dealing with, right? So we have on the board insecurity. Now, if people, that, if people are insecure, what's their positive, their positive perception? You know, the insecure person has a positive perception. No? Can this secure person hide under? They can tell I'm just being considerate. Or I'm being concerned. Understand? No, 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 no. Chinedu. It's, not, it's actually more considerate or concerned. Here is how it works. If you're dating someone who is actually insecure, right? I would also put something here that is positive. I would put symptoms. No, well, over love it, I don't know. Let's just put symptoms. This, what, are, what are the symptoms of insecurity? One house, one house. Please, let's, let's use the mic. I said today's service is interactive. So it's not sit still and it's still. It's we navigate. So one, one mic for Lily though. Right, so we, we're just sort of creating a template. There is, a, there is what you see negative about someone can also be a positive in the person's perception, right? And some of the symptoms are the things that are the square square, right? Still not, okay. Okay, okay, so it depends on what they are insecure about. Because I hear some people saying things like, okay, they dial back. Some people are saying they'd over-exert themselves. So it depends on what, for instance, if you're insecure about money, you might try to overcompensate mm. by looking like you have money when you don't have money. By borrowing to look like you have money, you know, trying to consistently look like you have it. So looking rich is more important than but, being rich. Yes, but if you're insecure about maybe your looks, if you're insecure about, would I see how, no, no, no. Um, there are some kinds of insecurities, for instance, that would make you project how you feel negatively about yourself on other people. If you feel insecure about your worthiness, maybe about being in love or relation, in relationships. If someone came and said, oh, my husband is doing this, 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 he's cheating on me. You'd say, it was there, you should be happy you have a husband. As opposed to, okay, this, you're breaking a marriage covenant, you're breaking a vow here, let's, let, let's treat the real problem. You know, I'm just thinking, you should even be happy, you even have husband, somebody even loves you. You know, that's negatively projecting. The other person, money, you're, you're covering, you're trying to, you know. So I think it depends on what you're insecure okay, about. I, I think the answer might be different, so maybe we specify. Um, good point. I think if we talk about it in relations to one another, so we're doing life together, so these are the things that causes the friction. So insecure person, if you're in a relationship, oftentimes you're insecure that the person is cheating. And so every attempt to pick call in the toilet is a suspect. So the, the, the insecure person, the symptom there is jealousy. 
Could it be? Possessive. possessive, right? I think I, yeah, possessive. You know. Meanwhile, this possessive person uh, can, can throw in a positive, yeah. In being possessive, they'll tell you that I'm not possessive. I have, I have boundaries. They might call it boundaries. But again, guys, let's use words carefully because boundaries are good. Boundaries are good. Okay. Paranoia is a symptom. This board go plenty. I also think insecure people tend to a lot of jealousy and then maybe envy. Right? So the idea is that their assumption becomes their paradigm. They just feel this is what I'm seeing, this is what I'm picking. Right? So let's also think, let's also, Lily spoke about somebody that is greedy or somebody that is, they don't have money. So if you're, you're de- de- somebody Sorry. here, okay. a negative, is stingy. It might not be greed. So the example, in the example, that's another example, but in the example I was given, it's not greed. It's just not self-worth. The social, maybe the social impact of growing up, growing up without, and for them just the feeling of shame or feeling like you're not belong, you don't belong or you're looked down at because you don't have the means, you feel like the rest of your life you might need to compensate even when you don't have the means. Okay, so, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try and condense it into um, what, what, what are we extracting from there? Peer pressure might not work. Okay, let's leave this thing. Let's enter small. What if you dated a Nigerian man, ladies? Yes. Give me, give me, give me things. Supply, please. Or if you, if Nigerian men that have dated Nigerian ladies, do you know? Quite frankly, I have a friend who believes that there's no wife in Lagos. No, no, he believes that there's. He said they're all asking for money. The, the, the trouble is too much. Eh? So he just. So even me, I'm confused, and he genuinely feels. Because the last one he dated wanted him to change her phone. And the iPhone is senior to his own. But what is love if you don't step it up? So at the end of the day, um, Nigerian ladies might tell you, our guys are stingy, right? So let's put stingy here. But when you enter the positive, the guy doesn't think he's stingy. He actually thinks he's thrifty. Or he's... He will tell you, prudent, prudent, prudent is, so, so, more than the final move, prudent here, insecure, I said concerned, or considerate, what, if you get me to, considerate, for Nigerian girls, if your problem is gossip, in, no, whether it's men or women, sorry, sorry, let's not be sexist about it, men just happen to talk more about football, but it's gossip. It's gossip. So, but if you start with gossip here, they don't think they are gossiping, you know. They are concerned. So, they are concerned. So, which other one? Come, huh? Current affairs. Okay, fine. Now, entitlement, is that a problem? So what is their positive? No, but they feel entitled. But they they just have healthy self-esteem. No, what's the flip side of so if somebody's entitled, let's any entitled person here. I know I know we may not start from there, but just picture for a second what they complain about. So you know, I like let's talk about somebody that was complaining once that they gave birth to a younger ones abroad. And they get better in Nigeria. Papa blew when he blew. You maybe came too early. So, but let's even just assume that. So, what is the person's pro- problem now? I am not loved enough. I want to find what is the positive in their own mind. Self worth is too loaded to use. Um, well, I can just speak. Um, Highly of themselves. <laughs> well, a little too highly, but yes. Maybe self, self, healthy self-interest. I don't so know. Could, could, could pride work? Because you can. But pride can yeah, work. somebody with pride is another one. Pride stands alone. 
but pride deserves a whole category. Maybe, maybe so self worth, pride. In a, I'm, I'm thinking positive. So pride in a good light. For them, they're thinking, you know, you should have pride. some self. I don't know. Pride. Anyway, let's see if, if self confidence is okay. One word. Confidence. Confidence. Pride. What does a prideful person tell you? Yeah, yeah, pride is arrog- uh, confidence. Pride and arrogance. Is arrogance a symptom or is a, is a brother? Guys, if you never enter this board, bring yourself out. Though. Just say, I know a friend. Let's, let's, uh, let's ask for a friend. Let's ask for a friend. But I will give you guys, so what I am clarifying here, we're going to add a few more. Soon, but what you have to keep in mind is you're doing life with people, right? You're doing life with people, and the thing about doing life is you're going to have tension with people. And we're going to read this morning from Luke. We're looking from Luke 10. Um, Mr. Paul, good to see you in church. <laughs> Luke 10, verse 25. So, in, in this context, um, they wanted to set Jesus up, so they came to ask him that, Baba, please, um, the man wasn't quite asking to make it to heaven, no. The guy was actually asking because he wanted Jesus to trip over. So he came to ask Jesus that, okay, what, there are 300 and something laws. Imagine the Old Testament laws. Said, what is the most important law? What is that one law that if I can keep, I will be able to tr- cross over to the other side? So now Jesus is giving him the answer to that. Mr. Paul, let's get started. <laughs> okay. All right, praise God. Uh, it reads, and I quote, um, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. No. You're reading. It's 10, please. It's Luke 10, all right? Yeah. From 25. verse 25. Mm-hmm. I'm on 25 now. Oh, I'm sorry. I was in a mark. I'm so sorry. What do we call this? <laughs> Not everything will have a name. Luke, <laughs> Luke 10. Praise God. Luke 10 from verse 25. It reads, and I quote, On On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Can I go on? Mm. What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbors as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will leave. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He replied, Jesus. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he was attacked by robbers. He stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on to the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and when he saw him he took pity on him he went to him and bandaged his wounds poured oil and wine then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him Mm. the next day he took him out he took out two denary and gave them to the innkeeper Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for an extra expense 
you may have. Which of these three do you think is a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Sila. Hmm. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> so here is the question Jesus was answering. Who is my neighbor? And I think for many of us, we would define our neighbors as the person that is sharing the next door building to you, someone you were raised with. But Jesus entered this particular story highlighting how many characters do we have in this story, though? How many characters? Four characters, right? So, um, guys, you know, today's interactive. We're going to illustrate. So, pardon me. How many characters? Okay, Ugo, come, please. What's the first character? Who? So, Ugo is the wounded man. Come, 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 come. Ugo is the wounded man. Um, who next? I'm, I'm so sorry. It has to be you. <laughs> okay. Nat, Natasha, please come. Who next? Yeah, Kora, come, 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 come. Natasha, sit, sorry. Kora, come. We need them. Kora, come, come. Who, what are we giving Kora? Who next? Who is the volunteer? Harry, Harry, come, 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 come. Harry, now leave it. So, who next? Sweetheart, we are Samaritan in the family, but we just have to step it up today. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... Richard, be Samaritan for us. It was quite a dash. You gave me the good one. But now, among this, for whatever reason, he did not name the tribe of the, the, the victim. But it's safe to assume that the victim must be a Jew. Is it safe to make that assumption? For the purpose of this conversation, let's assume that. Now, um, the first man that passed by was actually a Jew. The Levites, it was a priest. And he wasn't just a Jew, he was quite a serious one. Because at that point in time, the, the, the priests were the elites. Nobody were, you were not allowed to hold the, uh, the, the Torah if you were not part of the Pharisees, Sadducees. So this guy was in every way qualified, right? So he was a, not just a Jew, a qualified one, respected one. What they call Timba and Caliber. You know, that's actually how it was. The next person was a Levite. The Levites were no small fry. They were also part of the ecosystem of respected people who just, um, the Levite must have been like a pastor too, well-dressed. He has a program that day. He has his billboard around town. His face was seen, he was well-known. But the problem with the priest and the Levite was, this man was gonna, this one said, he saw the man, he crossed over. Because his first thinking was, I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be stained by this man. So I'd rather cross over to the other side, right? So that I, because maybe he, the priest is wearing white. And white is sensitive. We can put sensitive here. Please. <laughs> sensitive people, what would they say they are? No, sensitive. It's sensitive, cautious. Cautious, maybe. Right. So, some people are maybe close to sensitive, maybe perfectionist. So, somehow you look at it and you just feel, I don't want to touch this thing, it's not well put together for me. They, don't, they didn't dot their I's, they didn't cross their T's. And the perfectionist actually, you will tell, they will tell you that um, a perfectionist, maybe a perfectionist will, will tell themselves, but what's the flip side? Okay, so we should put it here. But how will a professionally decide, describe themselves in a positive light? Thorough. Thorough. I'm just, I'm just critical. No. Excellent. Well, at this point in time, the table goes wherever it goes. <laughs> it falls wherever it falls. So, but at the end of the day, this guy comes to this guy, he sees this guy, he tells you he's sick, he's dead, he won't make it through the day, he carries on. 
This second guy comes, and this second guy actually looks at the man. In his own case, he was like, he will make it through the day. I have to go. Now, the one person that stopped was actually a pariah. The one person that stopped was at best an outcast. The one person that stopped was at best, was not a part of the in-group. And yet, he was the one that stopped. He did not just stop. He actually went and took this man to this inn. No. No, somebody's missing. No. Somebody's missing. Can you imagine? Are you, what were your grades in school again? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Tommy, you're closer to their size. Okay. But quite frankly, the, in, the innkeeper is likely the innkeeper was a Jew. I would like to think that the innkeeper was a Jew. You understand? Jew, Jew, career, they are, they are relatives, but these ones, they're outcasts, they're mysteries, and then the Jew. This one was a businessman. He collected his money to the tea. In fact, you know how this, all this landlord that asked you to pay caution fee? He paid caution. Or he didn't only pay the hospital bill, he paid caution fee. And he even gave... Um, another deposit, said, should it run out, I'll be passing by, right? So in all of this story, Jesus was teaching somebody, was answering a question, who is your neighbor? And in the answer to the neighbor, it wasn't somebody who is Jew, it was the person who responded in love. Because many times, we think that you find Christians who tell you, I love God, I love God, but quite do you love God? And there is a scripture, let me show you the scripture that says, I think it was John that wrote it, First John, it was in 1 John 4, 1 John 4 verse 20. See what 1 John says. 1 John 4 20 says, If anyone says, I love God, but guess what? Hates his brother, he's a liar. Right? So Jesus is teaching how to love. Suddenly, God's love language is now seen that it's not what you do for God somehow. It seems like God's language is measured by what you do for others. Now see what he says. He said, if anyone says, I love God but hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. So register that thing. That today we have become a bunch of Christians that measure our love by theology. Yeah. And the more fundamentalist you are, the better for it. So even in states that are very big on pro-life in America, they have the highest number of unadopted children. So you, the unadopted children, there is a sense that they don't want comfort. Even the Bible itself was actually used to propagate during slave trade. Priests were doing slave trade. They were, the, the, the bishops were exporting people in the name of the Lord. Enter boats. You understand? <laughs> and it helped for you because they will preach you a decent message of heaven. Suffer on earth and make it to heaven. So you are not meant to question your chain. Those they mobilize, they go. So at the end of the day, you also have to understand that how do we practice Christianity and look at the world around us? The Christians are failing to understand love because one, they don't have a revelation of love. Maybe they have an idea that God is somehow. And many of us today, you have transitioned from old covenant in the Old Testament to a new covenant, but your idea of God is still in law. So you transitioned into grace, but your revelation of God is still complicated. Because your ideas of God are not very grace-worthy. So you still see God through the lens of all the things that happen in the Old Testament. And yet, think about it, and I keep telling you guys here, the Bible is not a book. At best, the Bible is made up of 66 books. So if you want to describe the, li- the Bible, it's a library of books. Most of the guys who wrote those books did not think they were going to meet. Some of them, actually, it was some, sometimes they were even oral tradition. So if you understand that the Bible is a collection of books, you don't read all the books the same way. So in that book, there's something called poetry. There was a poet in there. The way you read poetry, you don't go and say, and my lover has four legs. Now poetry, you do. If you carry it as literal, you will miss the plot. Because it wasn't written for literalism, it was metaphorical. So when Revelation was giving us certain kind of pictures and you see the, the four-footed beast, the one with the head of a lion, I'm not sure you're hoping that when you get to heaven, God has four lion head. Is it what you're hoping to find? Because that's literalism. And the greatest danger of the gospel is literalism. 
People that think that it is what it, they just carry it like that. And you know what the old Bible says? The letter kill it. Because the letter was meant to give something without the spirit breathing upon that text. That text can mis- mislead you. Some people have read the Bible naked. They were called. They say, this is its time. You understand? The, the Bible helped them. They, they, I don't know how. I think it's complicated. Some of them, only them read, read one day and said, the end of the world has come. Carrie, do you know Jim Jones? The guy mobilized congregation and said, guys, let's go and wait for the trumpet. They waited for the trumpet for one week. Trumpet wasn't going to sound. Do you know what the man did? He actually mixed poison. Everybody drank and died. Yes. He was a popular tele-evangelist. Somehow he got caught up in, in prediction of end time. He had expected Armageddon to arrive. He went and waited for trumpet. Trumpet today, trumpet. By the time people were asking where trumpet, the man said, let's, let's facilitate. We have to go meeting. They helped themselves. Right? There is also one guy, the guy's expertise has been predicting end of time. He has made 17 prophetic failures. He would still wake up again and tell you what I'm seeing now from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 48, 17 means that it will be the fourth month of the eighth day, 12 noon. Brother, my literalism then deal, it takes away joy from you. So, and I keep saying that if you want to understand how God speaks, you must have a revelation of God as love because God speaks in love. And if you don't understand that, most of the problems why we don't hear God is we don't know his nature. So we can't hear because you're struggling. Somehow you're blocked. Do you know what it is? Jesus came to reveal a picture of God, not as a ruler. Think about it. The first revelation Jesus gave of God, he would have just said, hey, to the fact, to our creator, all of us would have been happy because creator, of course, is there. He would have said, to the judge, ruler of the world. We would have applauded him because, of course, he was a judge. Yet he did not choose any of those metaphors. He chose a more intimate one, father. And why did he use the fatherhood of God? Because that was, who else could give you a revelation of God that was more accurate than Jesus? They did not say Abraham, the word became flesh, called Abraham. The word did not become flesh, called Moses. Yet they were men of God, but the word became flesh, called Jesus. So who is more accurate? Jesus. Jesus becomes perfect theology. And the Bible has tension. Part of the tension of the Bible is that Abraham would tell you one day, and Moses told you, God opened the ground. And I told you how his sister told him, Moses, why did you marry a black woman? Moses just did that rod like this. See your mouth. The man became leprous, leper. Moses got tired and said, I release you. Some men challenged Moses one day. Moses opened ground and all those men entered. Moses just carried coffee. Said, we will have service today. So that man of God, please, I beg. Ask yourself questions. You go, fall out. If I was, that's why, so that's why it was true Moses. That was why when God was saying, I want to love people. People said, no, 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 God, thank you, please. Moses, be, you're your God, love yourselves. When you are done hearing God, come to us. Because they were seeing God through the lens of Moses. And so they wanted what God was trying to reach out. They were pulling back. And unfortunately for us, we are still seeing God through the lens of Moses. Some a generation of people, their Moses is the Moses prayer. They are still looking for the burning bush. Because at that point in time, the understanding of it was that it was... See, Moses was a typology of Christ. And how you understand it, that God was speaking of a time when he would come himself to take him from captivity to freedom. So the best of Moses is not his character. You don't define the character of God with Moses. You define the shadow of Christ through the fact that a people came from slavery into promised land. So we embrace Moses as a journey from slavery into promised land. Something too, somehow, something just carried the typology of Christ. Baba seemed to love the unlovable. He was going down to Philistines, dating their women. You love those who don't belong. That was the typology of Christ, how he would include those who don't belong. This story was inclusion. That even the man who is the outcast was the one that responded the most. Heaven go shock on her. You understand? At the end of the day, it wasn't so much about how much theology you know. If your theology doesn't work its way to love, I don't know what you're knowing. So today, who is the lens of Christ? If you can see God's, if you want to understand God's loving language, Christ is God's language spoken to humanity for all ages. So God is not speaking again. He has spoken in Christ. The word became flesh. So Christ is what God has to say. So what it means is that you can no longer just begin to struggle. I told you guys, Elijah, Baba was just exporting fire all over the place. Try me, boom, two for you. Elijah, four. The guy was just distributing fire. Guess what? Jesus went to town to preach. Nobody showed up. Jonah James told him, Baba, call fire. Just said, I'm going to leave that thing. We don't kill. We give life. How come the man of God became a man? He didn't kill. Men were giving the power of God. They were exporting it. Try the day man become God in Lagos. So good. People they dodge as they drive. Or for two thunder fire, you pew. 
but God knows, even the, even the day you see man carry the power of God, run! Many, just that one, and God told Moses, I will make you a God unto Pharaoh. That was when God opened his divinity. So Moses actually knew that God had given him, God, Moses had the final say. If Moses had said, I don't want plagues today, I don't want plagues, but Moses was comfortable, he enjoyed the plagues, he had been in the forest for 40 years. He knew nothing but flies. And so he was like, let's revisit our past. Let's bring back old times. So Moses was calling his study. And yet people are seeing God through the lens of the plague. And that's why they say God brought COVID. So those Christians said, like in the days of Egypt, when God brought COVID, God has brought more. And God is... You know, some people are defending that. So COVID is the judgment of God. God is shaking the foundation of the earth. But do you know... COVID, there's a theory, guys. I don't, know, I don't know whether I should quote me on this one. <laughs> but there's a theory that COVID was a biological experiment, a biological weapon that went wrong. So some people sat down there, whatever that the case, to experiment something. How on earth the variant to the end? Suddenly, Delta, they also call your village or your state. <laughs> what they don't call Kaduna? <laughs> And trust Lagos. Now, some, pe- some people, you know, Casey, I know you just came back from UK. That's why you have that. By the time you stay one week here, there is a way, the, the, only those who wear masks, now masks, now jaw, is, is, is jaw mask. Once I saw somebody with seven type of mask. I said, na fashion, how do you use seven masks? Only you say, no, this one is when I'm wearing blue. And they've packaged it, now you can buy seven pack. Lagos has entered into business, so forget, no, there's seven, uh, one, get, buy seven, get, you just use it, you know, it's a fashion statement now. So people are wearing it. Uh, if I saw one mask that day, I said I must hold this one. That one made you look like a ninja. I said, this is a mask for the man of God, right? But guys, let's even just pause and think about everything the world is going through. Is it racism? The world is suffering from a love crisis. The Lord, the entire world, when you look black, Today, you know now, Joe Biden rating has dropped. And Joe Biden can do no right. Because the right cannot see right. Yes, it didn't start with him. Go back to Donald Trump. If Donald sneeze, the Democrats will scream, oh my goodness. Yeah, if, just if, if Donald went to play golf, a president playing golf, CNN will say, the president was sitting in the golf course today playing golf why people at war. This is what we have fallen. I don't know the commentators will say, our country, honestly, I don't know where our country is going. You understand? Some people, Buhari can do no right. Even one right. <laughs> Something to clap for. Some people will not agree to clap. You just hear that, I saw that they said they want to bring back toll gates. And you know, they were explaining that the toll gate is to help us maintain the roads. The oil money, where are what has happened to it? <laughs> you understand? The person was, I felt the guy, the guy was answering questions, he was explaining toll gate, we need, other countries are told, they told their country, we say, no, 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 they've been told, you've been stealing since, use that word. <laughs> but there is a possibility that by the time you get so used to the person's flaws or a broken system, you can't see beyond it. So we begin to hate people for their point of view. And suddenly people become their perspective. We cannot separate the ideology from the person because you can hate the ideology but not the person. Right. Yes, you can hate the addiction but not the addict. Right. God made that distinction. We have mended one. You and your addiction together. So at the end of the day, you have to be careful so you don't begin to practice when you've lost yourself. To, and we are called to work in love. Love is no small call. This is the call of God. We are called to become love. God's love language is not measured by how I feel when I'm sitting in my home and saying, Father, you just love me. Oh, I'm loved. Oh, I'm loved. I'm loved. That, that's not a bad idea. The euphoria is interesting. Bask in it. But after basking in the euphoria, there is life. Once you come out there, you meet unlovable, they'll bash your car. You not spend the say, no, my, 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 my mechanic would talk to you. you know, something that you can use, um, what's that? You don't collect it. You don't put them for mechanic. Lost one hour. Say, no, no, I will handle it. Don't worry. We will be here. The mechanic is coming. You know, I'm not saying forgive if you're not led, but at least be led. Are you ever led? <laughs> no, sorry. In the way that some people, you know, some people are so inflexible. Clap for them. Clap for them when I sit. See, 
some people are so inflexible, and when they when they are inflexible, they will call it something. You no, know? that inflexibility. Oh, thank you. Then some people, the ones that are not very disciplined around, around us, is it indiscipline or discipline now? The indiscipline, what, what is their excuse? Free spirit. It might be that free spirit is loaded. They are using it to hide. <laughs> they use it to hide not coming on time. Yeah, yeah or some of them will tell you I'm dynamic. Yeah. Brother, it's not, you know, self-deception is so deep because by the time you give one positive word, in your mind, you're just thinking, well, there's something here to be said of it. You know, you, you know you're reckless. You're reckless. You just said, well, I'm adventurous. And suddenly, everybody was like, ah, I like adventure. No, you're reckless. Yes, yes. Or if you're greedy, you just change it and say, I'm just, I'm just prudent. And, then, and suddenly your mother goes, say, nobody they chop your money. You go, say, I'm not, not making a save. No. You only you save in Bitcoin. The moment you enter, it crashed. Because people need to know that you crashed it all. But the point again is that we also have to give room for healing all. Because it's not like people always want to be this way. But they are. So you're going to date one of them. Some people are loaded, but not with benefits. They're loaded, and then the, the other part is that once you even understand, the, the worst part is if you're in a relationship now, the moment they just give it one positive word, you go confused. Just one argument because you don't like criticism, and they told you truth that shook you. You say, brother, I think it's toxic. We're out now. It's clearly it's toxic. You, but you don't know room to self-reflect, to say, Maybe is there anything? You just said it's a toxic relationship. I know your friends will say toxic girls. <laughs> cancel it. Cancel the guy. Cancel, cancel. But please, before you cancel it, is there a possibility? What is your contribution to that failed relationship? What did you do wrong? Just one, because you carry it unprocessed baggage, you carry it to the next. To the next relationship and the next relationship. Because you're not pausing to ask your inability to process it to cover you. So just anything, before long, you can't have a conversation. And once you just, you know, some people, instead of having conversation, because they're not very confrontational, they'll be building up. When it's in plenty, they'll say the Holy Spirit said. <laughs> yes. It's because they did not, there was no room for conversation. So, and that Holy Spirit said is a nail. Once they just drop and go out. Brother, nobody can argue it. Nobody can argue it. That one is a summary of all that. But Baba, before the Holy Spirit is saying to you, do you also pause to ask? So quite frankly, in the gospel circle, most heartbreak is caused by being led. But it's because, how can the Holy Spirit become the accuser, be the, the source of heartbreak? The Holy Spirit is not the heartbreaker. He's the heart keeper. So at the end of the day, you know, because people are not mature enough, you know, to handle issues. They just use one Holy Spirit word. I was led. It was a sensing. It was a leading. Only, and those words are many. So before we hide under the cloak of our habits, and then the worst part is when we, when we take our traumas and make them personalities. So you, you just know that instead of you to question yourself, you're indisciplined. Say, I'm spontaneous. No, no, you're not planned. Disaster. You understand? So at the end of the day, you just might be, you know, and the worst part is when those things become your lifestyle, how well do you love those who, have, who can't give you anything? Let me even ask you, your gate man, how do you talk to him? Let's talk about the nannies and the maid. No, no. But that your friend has become celebrity, you can't miss their call. But some people have been calling for one week, you've not answered. Maybe because they are not up there on the social ladder. Should they climb, would you pick? Maybe you will even be calling often. Because somewhere along the line, if we are not free in love, we cannot be free to love. And love is not an emotion first, it's not an activity, it's a person. So that love is actually Christ coming into your life, you're one with God now. So we describe that there's a picture that speaks of the fact that 
when you are like the, 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 uh, the tree, I mean, David spoke about the life of a Christian being like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So there is a metaphor for that picture of a Christian. And you know, um, in John 15, John spoke about the vine and the branch. He wrote about the vine and the branch. So what it means is that you're planted in God. And when you're planted in God, the same way everything that is good in God flows from God into you, you become a source of love to the world. So the water in the leaf never came from the leaf. It was supplied. Love is supplied in your union life. So you bring to the world love. But more so, you bring joy. You bring happiness. You bring So joy is not a fleeting moment where you just get one car and now you have joy. Joy is an internal state of being. It's first an inside joy before it's anything you possess. Love is not something that somebody makes you feel. That's not a butterfly. You understand? It's, it's a, that, those are chemical. You understand? And you know, some, at the end of the day, those chemicals, when the day the chemistry will die, somebody will give it one word. There is no more fire. You understand? So, there is no, the spark has exited. And there's an exit strategy. So at the end of the day, you also have to consistently profile and reflect over your own personal contribution to life. If you're called to do love, how are you working in that love? I don't have it all together because some days I know they feel like picking call, 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 call. I'll just leave the phone. It's mobile. So the phone can move. <laughs> because I need to process. You understand? But my point is, are we normalizing our flaws and how is that impacting our ability to love? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, right, from 4. We'll close up on that one. The way God gave us his love language is the way God has included us. Every human is a potential is also potentially included. In this life, some people don't enter this gospel, they don't close the door. So it's, since they gave their life to Christ, they look at the world as the world is condemned. Faces of sinners. Lord, Lord, that, that's how they see it. How God includes you, suddenly nobody else is qualified to be included. Self-righteousness. But they'll tell you they have a high moral standard. At the end of the day, it's not necessarily bad that you should have moral standards, but if that's your ticket to salvation, you miss the point. Salvation is never end. Okay, Mr. Paul. From, from verse 4 to where? Um, just keep going. I think 7. Okay, praise God. First Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4. It reads, and I quote, Love is patience. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Okay, let, let's pause on that line. Now, what we usually use this scripture to explain here is it's not just about speaking of love from an abstract sense. So, you know, in Sunday school, they use this scripture to shape us very well. Love is patient, love is kind. But God is describing himself. Mm. And he's inviting us to be that way too. He's describing us and he's describing himself. So if love is patient, love is kind. The impatient person here, please give me their own. Impatient, what do they call it here? No, the impatient person will tell you that, you know, this thing, this table don't move. Impatience, if you are somebody that is dealing with impatience, you can tell people that you, you are a sticker for time. So, well, you that is late, we have something should be said of you for being late. But you that they just delay you small, you don't leave them. Only you drove to first start to pick somebody for church. I could not wait for 15 minutes. I left. <laughs> something is pressing your button. We are not meant to have a button to be pressed. You understand? We're not meant to live in a button, but when it says love is patient, think about it. With the people you're doing life with, are you patient while they're dealing with their traumas? The coward, let's put coward here. The coward person, their symptom is to take all the glory and never the blame. But the coward will twist the facts to make themselves look good. So if you're in a if you're, in a, if you're in an argument with a coward, by the time they twist it, you, you feel they're the victim. They will gaslight you with everything around you. I just think, ah, sorry, I don't understand. You'll be feeling like you're such a demon, right? Because of the way they are. And maybe some of them, they, they don't show up with courage. So they can actually call it and tell you that being just, some of them can say I've been diplomatic. No, it's because you can't speak truth to power. You can't take ownership of the areas you're wrong. In life, in love, you must be patient for the other person. Make space for them to grow. Make space, don't just take, somebody don't do one small thing, they will do it now, they are in human beings, now everybody's on the journey to wholeness. You can't hold them to that and say, today we are done. Because the next person will come, they don't want lied, they don't want cheated. So we're heavier. 
but it doesn't make you, that they did wrong should not make you become wrong. We were never called to react. God. We're called to rise above. To react means someone is doing this, you're doing that. So Mr. Paul, let's see the next. Okay, um, it, does not own, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. That word is not self-seeking. self-seeking. I think it must be unpacked. In a generation where it's all centered around, yeah, everything has become about me, myself, and I. Love is not self-seeking. Love is about the other. You know, the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. They are in a union of love. And the love that they have is incapable of taking and not giving. So the way God's love is, is that God's love is God pours his love completely on you. Love needs an object to love. Love is not seeking its own because love is incapable of seeking its own. Love is designed by its configuration to give. So love rushes towards its own. So if you understand the revelation of God's love, love is always chasing after you. Think about the story Jesus gave us. Is it the lost coin or the lost sheep? You did not look for, your sheep did not look for shepherd. I don't think the sheep went, where's shepherd there? Shepherd, where everybody? No, there was a shepherd that went looking for the sheep. The lost coin, it wasn't lost coin that said, man, I'm tired of being lost. Oh. God is the one that is active in pursuing you. And even while we talk, in the Old Testament, loving God is a decision you make. It's even an activity you perform. So to love God in the Old Testament is to obey and follow sacrifice. Do you know in the New Testament, grace means that God is the love in you, giving you the capacity to love him. That's what grace means. That God is the love in you with which you love him. So that you by yourself cannot choose to love. God comes to you revealing his love and let that love propel you to love. So at the end of the day, the world cannot cure racism. Come to Nigeria, there is nepotism. There is tribalism. Some people are now saying they want to create nine additional states in this country. Nine states. Shut up! It's not more states we need. The point is this. Creating more states is, okay, you now break it and say, wah, wah, and these people are now, when you enter there, those ones will be like, we have the throne. You people are following, you people came from Bini, go. So at what point would you stop? Because even you end up, before you enter Ife and Kekel, it's still the same thing. They don't want to stay together. So will you give them two nations? Because at some point, you are not called to fragment. Those fragmentations are an illusion. We're more united than we know. Do you know the way it is? We are all one in God, and God sees us as that. So God sees you through the lens of Christ. COVID has come to teach us something. The world is not separate. Just one thing starts in China. I don't go everywhere. Still no mask now. You understand? It started somewhere. It has caught up with us. When recession happened in 20, 2008, it crashed the global world. Every other economy started to suffer because the closed borders and the walls could not stop recession from penetrating. We're more connected as a human race than we know. The colors are an illusion. They are not written. So the white and black, they are just what it is. It's just colors. It's just pigmentation. They are not in any way a fragmentation of our essence. When we begin to identify the fact that we are one with God, we don't only see ourselves through that eye, our eyes. We see that through everybody else. What it means, as you see yourself through God's eyes, see the next man that way. If you are deserving of love, they are deserving of love. Yes. If you are made in the image and likeness, they are made in the image and likeness. Whether you like their sexuality or you like their ideology or you like their movements, don't like it, but don't deny them the love of God because you hate that ideology. Hate the ideology, but love the person. Now, this is the hardcore of the gospel because the world is pushing us and the Christians have forgotten the call to love. We're not becoming aggressive and militant in our ability to emphasize love. No, love is our goal, is our call, is our guide. Everything about the Christian essence is love. And if we are not, Jesus said, this is how they know that my disciples, if you love, love is the task. Are we failing to love? Even here at the tribe, are we failing to love? In your family, are you failing to love? The failures of love is a tragedy because the design of life is that love will heal. So if we don't have a revelation of God, that's where I think it comes down to. Many of us are incapable of loving ourselves because we are still seeing God through the lens of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, God became your sacrifice. In the Old Testament, he was a taker. Don't mix the two. The day you see him as the one that is taking the sacrifice, you miss the fact that he's the one that is supplying it. God supplied the sacrifice. It was his son that was on the cross. Paul said God was in Christ dying. I wish Paul would say God was in Christ killing. 
But he didn't use those words. Say God was in Christ dying. 2 Corinthians 5.17. God was in Christ dying. But we read God was in Christ killing. And that's why people read Bible and take a gun. God is not a killer. Please tell me one person that Paul executed. When he became Christian. No. Yes, let's just move it small. Yes, when he became Christian. He killed everything before he became Christian. After he encountered Christ, he never lifted a sword. So if we use our words to kill, are we loving? If we use our thoughts to decimate, are we loving? Guys, what's on your own? What's disrespect? I'm honest. Are you sure? What's the thin line here? There's just a thin line. Condescending and funny. You make jest of anything. Very sensitive. You just enjoy it. Poking people, body shaming them in the name of joke. And putting people down because you like to enjoy yourself. But at the end of the day, love does not seek its own. Your best fruit should not be another person's poison. But all of these things are tripping over. Entitled, I'm confident. You've taken your pride and made it an arrogance. Right? And that's what it is. Paul, let's land on the last one, please. Okay. Um, okay. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects Always, always trust, always, always trust. hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there is, where, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Yeah. Where there are tongues, they will they be steal. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Mm. For we know in parts, we prophesy in parts. Part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like no, a I th- child. I think we're, we're good on that one. Really? One of the translations said, God keeps no record of wrongs. And one thing is this. We are living in a world that today, for you to be vulnerable is to be stupid. The Bible is saying, be kind, turn the other cheek. But the culture is telling you, um, don't be a fool. So where do you draw the lines? Do you know our culture is more 48 laws of power than it is the Bible? We may not know. The art of war might be what is driving your worldview. And you think you're being, you're just a hawk. You understand? Just preyed on everybody, predator, right? Equity, 100%, nobody they share. You understand? You cannot, you rather kill the company than share because of insecurity. The point is that when you begin to get a revelation of love, one thing you realize, you move from competition to collaboration. The world becomes larger. Once you start getting a revelation of love, you move from insecurity to ability to affirm people in love and support people. When you start getting a revelation of love, you will not come from the place where you're cold. You have sympathy. You're not just cold and detached. You have sympathy, right? Love transforms. It's such a transformative force. God keeps no record of wrongs. So what about if we do the same? Do you know many times the thing that we're suffering from is somebody did it to you seven years ago. You just haven't moved. Or maybe it was even last week. But God keeps no record of wrongs. Take your laundry list of sin, of unforgiveness. Repeat. Today, that list of unforgiveness will cause you more harm than give you life. How you love God is to reap your sin, your unforgiveness list. You have received forgiveness. To love, to give that, repeat. Even in relationship, the guy did something today. He's not the one he's doing today. You're telling him something he did seven months, one year ago. Why are you doing that to yourself? God keeps no record of wrongs. If you are like him, you shouldn't. Our lives will take on a whole new meaning when we learn to rip out those lists. Life will become more beautiful for you when you can put a fire to the list of unforgiveness. I'm not saying it's easy. Let me not undermine that. I don't know how deep the pain would be, but they can cause you pain. They should never steal your joy. Don't let the events of your past rob you of your future. You give it so much power when you make much of it, let it go. Realize again, some of us, you know, some people are still holding their father ransom. All the daddy, da- daddy drama, mommy drama, mommy drama, drama, everything, those dramas and dramas, they didn't know any better. The daddy trauma, drama, the mommy trauma, drama, they didn't know any better. But the Holy Spirit comes to reparent us in his love. The gospel allows for that, so you cannot be holding it over your dad, like dad failed me, mom failed me. They didn't know any better. Can you extend grace? Can you extend mercy? The mercy you have received. Yeah, somebody hurt you, bashed your car. Extend mercy. 
Somebody plotted your way out of work and you lost the job. Extend mercy. Do you know how you love God? Reap those lists. Imagine when Joseph was in Egypt and his brothers came. If Joseph was unforgiving, if he was a retributive, vindictive person, you know how he would have started? The day he becomes um, uh, this thing, uh, prime minister, guess who he will execute first? Eh? They never reached that year. Yes. His brother came later. Potiphar's wife. I beg, madam, please come, come, come. I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. <laughs> you know, only you're on a constant pro, only you want to execute. Life is not about vengeance, life is about forgiveness. So let the vengeance be there. Let God fight your battle, but embrace peace. Like the world will heal when we heal. Because the world is waiting for us to rise above our traumas. But we weaponize our traumas and we're using it to undermine people. The world will heal. Joseph didn't take if you carry Potiphar and his wife and just carry them. Say, today on a go, Mother, where's that my shirt again? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because the first coat, they stole it. The second one, they also the same thing. He said, no, we don't, no, we today don't want to take my shirt. You know, he did not make it his CV. Do you have a CV of pain? Only you know you have a curriculum vitae of pain. My mom at 16, she told me I wasn't good enough. My aunt, I went to do weekend. She made me into a nanny, right? Only you have listed all the people. Your exes deserve for them to be let go. Just rip it off. Because what God is bringing into your life is way more, is more beautiful. But unforgiveness aborts them. He who is not whole cannot be whole to love. Because the next person that God is bringing to you, you might lose if you're not healed. And the journey of healing begins today by you admitting that I recognize in myself that I've been stingy and I call it prudent. I've been full of pride and I call it healthy self-esteem. Whatever your words, let the healing begin. Let the healing begin. What is that part of your life that is blocking the ability to flow? Love is meant to flow through you into the world. Let's pray. <laughs> um, the prayer I want us to pray is God, baptize us into the realization of the revelation of your love. May our traumas pale into insignificance. Okay, I want to pray for a group of people here. Um, and since our eyes are closed, it's good. You're dealing with unforgiveness. You can't let it go. It costs you delays in life. Delays, and today you feel you would have gone ahead in life if not for the things you've suffered. And you just know you can't forgive. It's not something you can't give. But today we want God to give us the grace to forgive. Can you rise and put your hand on your chest? If we can stretch out our hands and pray with them, yeah. The grace to forgive, the grace to let go, the grace not to be held back in that place. Let the healing pierce through. The grace to forgive. Father, we're speaking today, as they, as they lay hands on their hearts, we're praying that you, God, will supply the grace, the grace, the grace for wholeness and for healing. Oh Lord, let the water of your love flow, flow into every heart today. We ask for healing, that the traumas are broken today. That the Father, just free, give them the grace to let go. We pray that you will break everything that is holding them down, the boxes and the prison walls that they've built to protect themselves will shatter so that they can be vulnerable again, they can love again, they can trust again, they can believe again, they can do business with people again. Trust is needed. Restore trust, restore faith. Let there be a revival of faith, a revival of love. Stir it in your heart today. Amen. And Father, we just pray for anyone here who, you don't know that this journey is yours. Love is still a distant reality, still abstract. So we're praying today, just also rise up and put a hand on your chest. Whenever we talk love, it's just like one of those things they always say at the tribe, is over your head. But let the love of God dwell in your heart. Let's rise up for this one. Everyone, let's rise. And there is always a dimension of his love for every one of us. So we're making it a general prayer, a collective. Father, take us deeper in your love. Take us deeper in your love. Baptize us. Bring us into new depths and new dimensions in your love. Just whisper that prayer. May we bask in the euphoria of your love. He said, 
eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, it has not entered into the heart of man what you have prepared for them that you love. And you're also saying that, Lord, that what we can't see the height, the width. Oh, let your love flow, God. So much better. Every piece of our lives, Lord, pack it together. Our hearts, a new heart. God is giving you a new heart, a new heart to love, a new heart, a new wholeness. Picked up all my pieces, put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. When I thought, when I thought I lost, you knew where I left. You reintroduced me to up all my pieces put me back together you are the defender of my heart Father our hearts are open to receive your love our hearts are open to be deepened in you let the skills fall healing, we see healing the water of your healing is flowing now. The water of your wholeness is flowing. Perfecting us, completing us. Amen. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.